You are listening to a Daydreamers podcast. I am the Daydreamer, Erin. Thanks for tuning in once again. Thanks for hanging out with me. So today I'm going to share a story with you out of my life. What I really want to hit on is um, I had an encounter with someone and it resulted in sexual assault. Okay. Now I do want to go ahead and say, just calm down. Okay. I was not raped. I was not physically harmed. However, something did happen and I was left traumatized. It did affect my life and it will affect me probably for the rest of my life. Um, So yeah, so anyway, um, this is a page of A Daydreamer's Diary. So let's go. Um, The date is June 20th, 2020, 8.30 in the morning. I'm in Walmart, doing Walmart things. Um, Actually, let me back up. Let me say this first. My husband is always getting on to me about just like wasting time just hanging out in the stores. He's always like, get in, get out. Get in, get what you need to do and come out. You need to spend all day up in Walmart. You don't need to spend all day up in Target. I'm just like, dude, get off me. Like, I'm just in here. It's just my own little time. Like, what's the big deal? Leave me alone. I have no curfew, I have no deadline, whatever, leave me alone. So he's always getting on to me about that. And like, I kind of wish June 20th, June 20th, 2020, I would have done that. But at the same time, had I gone in, got what I needed, got what I needed and came straight out, what would have happened? I'm kind of happy It happened to me because I feel like I stopped this from happening to other people. Um, So anyway, June 20th, 2020. um, It's Saturday of Father's Day weekend. I'm in Walmart at 8.30 in the morning, finishing up my Father's Day stuff and just doing my weekly grocery shopping. So I'd already bought everybody's gift for Father's Day. I'm just getting Father's Day cards. And uh, like I said, my regular groceries. So I'm picking out Father's Day cards. And I'm also just dilly-dallying, honestly. Like, I have nowhere to be. My husband is out of town at work this particular weekend. And uh, my dog is at home, Ragnar. He's at home, big chilling. Like, nobody, I have no children. So, like, there's no rush to be home. So, like, I mentioned in the last podcast that I have been painting lately. So let's go look at some craft paint, right? Over there, looking at craft paint. I'm over there sniffing candles I'm not going to buy. I'm over there touching towels I'm not going to buy. Just over there sniffing, touching, looking at stuff that I'm not going to buy. I'm just over here just, hmm, wonder what's on this owl. Let me see what kind of paint they got. Let me see, you know, just that type of stuff, okay? I already got what I needed on that particular side of Walmart, the Father's Day cards. Now I'm over here BSing, okay? So in the midst of me BSing, I was actually... I was actually like um, done with all my BS stuff. Like I was done dilly-dallying, touching, sniffing, and all that type of stuff that I'm not going to buy. Um, so I was finishing that up, and I was on the aisle with the craft paint. And, you know, they have that aisle, um, that section of like party goods, where it's like you can get like the bachelorette glasses and goblets and stuff like that, just little stuff like that. And I was just looking. Um I was just looking to see what type of mugs and stuff they had. But anyway, and you know, those are short aisles. Um, 
the really short owls. They're not the big, long owls. They're the small owls and everything. So I'm on the aisle. I'm getting, I'm at the end of the aisle. I noticed that there's a man that comes on the same aisle that I'm on, not really paying that much attention to him. I mean, for what? I know it's a guy, you know, he has a mask. I notice what he has on, but I'm not like just, I'm not profiling him or anything. I just noticed it's a guy down there. So anyway, I noticed there's a guy. I kind of have my back to him because I'm really into these, these goblets, these mugs, these this craft paint, whatever. I'm really more into that, focused on that. Get done looking at that stuff. And I'm making a left to turn off that aisle into the into, into unto a major, a major grocery aisle. So I make a left turn. Something catches my attention. And normally, I'm very just, I'm normally just in my head. I'm normally just kind of like spaced out in my own little world or whatever. I don't really pay attention to much. Not to say I don't really care, but I mean, I got my headphones and I'm listening to Beyonce homecoming. Like I'm just, I'm in a good mood. I'm in good spirits. I'm in there sniffing candles and looking at paint and, and buying Father's Day cards, gonna go grocery shop. I'm just like in a really good mood, you know? So normally I'm not even just paying attention, but I noticed this man, something caught my attention and I look back, look over my left shoulder. And I was like, what? I look, look back again. And I realized what caught, after the fact, I realized what caught my attention was this man's hand gesture. Like I said, he was on the other end of the aisle. Um, he had been there for a while acting like he was looking at something. But what he was doing was masturbating. This motherfucker had pulled out his dick, dick in hand, y'all, had pulled out his dick and was jacking off to me, at me, looking me dead in my fucking eyes. And so, like I said, what caught my attention was his hand gesture near his pelvic region. And it wasn't like no fast shit. It was some like, mo like rhythmic into it like he was literally like like he was stroking his dick like he was fucking me I caught that much in the seconds that I realized what he was doing um and he was looking me dead in my face and I could tell he had a smirk he had a mask on because you know it's COVID he had a mask on so all I saw was his eyes but you looking dead at me in my eyes and I could just tell you just in there like yeah and you just imagining yourself fucking me. I could tell this by the way he was stroking his dick that he had out of his pants. It's just he and I on this fucking aisle. And we weren't close to each other. However, it was the one of those small aisles. Y'all know what the craft paint aisle look like. Y'all know where the what the yarn aisle looks like. Like those are just they're smaller aisles within the larger aisles. So and it was just he and I. At this point, I'm standing in a major in the major aisle because I made a left turn to exit, but I didn't see anyone around. And so once I registered what it was, I turned my head and I was like, I don't fucking, did he just, is this, is that a dick? Is, is that, is that a dick in his hand? Does he have his hand on his dick? Is he staring at me and jacking off? Like that's going through my head. And this is all within seconds, but yeah. This motherfucker 
in Walmart at 8.30 in the morning on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's fucking jacking off to me. Okay. So, like I said, I'm processing this. It's all happening within seconds. I'm processing this. And I just got pissed the fuck off. Like, I do not fucking believe it. So let me tell y'all. So, like, I know right now, like, I'm, I drop a lot of S-bombs here and there. I'm a shit hell damn person. Like, I, that's how I talk. I talk colorful, you know? But, like, and I am now because, like, some, some of the emotions are coming back to me. So you'll probably hear me, or if you're watching on YouTube, see me just kind of spaz out a little bit. Because how I'm, as I'm reliving this story, like, the feelings I had that day are coming back. Um, but I'm just, I'm standing there and I just cannot fucking believe this. Like, and I'm saying this to myself out loud. That's another thing. Like, I mean, you know, during conversation, if we're talking to each other, I'm like, girl, yeah, hell no, I'm not going to do that. You know, you know, that type of thing. But just to be out loud to where somebody walking by me or near me can just hear me talk like that. Like, that's not something that I do. But I'm just standing there in shock going, I do not fucking believe this. I don't fucking believe this. I cannot fucking believe this. And by this time, I believe he put his dick back in his pants. Well, fully back in his pants. It was never, it didn't completely come out, but he had pulled his pants down. He had put, and that's another thing. When I was trying to convince myself, like, did that just see what I saw? I was trying to be like, no, nah, Aaron, you didn't see what you just saw. You didn't see that. Ladies, why, why do we do that shit? Why do we sit here and be like, girl, no, they didn't talk to you, stupid. Girl, no, that man ain't cheating on me. Girl, no, they didn't just play me at work. Hell no, they weren't. They weren't just being racist. No, they weren't being prejudiced. Bitch, they were. <laughs> like, why do we talk ourselves out of things when it's like, it's right there. It's because we just really can't believe that somebody would have the audacity to disrespect you or treat you in a certain way. You're just like, no, that shit didn't happen. But when I was doing that in process and I was like, no, no, I just didn't see him stro stroking his dick. He wasn't just jacking off to me. He wasn't just like over there looking at me, acting like he was fucking me. No, that didn't just happen. But it's like, girl, yeah, yes, he was. So like I was convincing myself that that shit did happen. But by this time he had pulled his pants back up. Um, and he, he didn't walk past me or did he, I just know he either walked past me. I can't remember. He walked past me or he walked on the aisle. Cause I guess he was on the opposite end. So he either walked down the aisle next to me to the next to the aisle we were on and began to walk off cause he ended up in front of me. And I just, I can't remember if he, if he walked past me. I just can't. But he ended up walking around and getting in front of me. And I was just like, this motherfucker is not about to get away with this shit. Like, no, you're like, you're not going to do that to me and get away with this shit. Like the fucking nerve of you to do that. And think you're going to get away with it. Like, fuck this and fuck you. It's not happening. And so I was just so shaken. Shaken with anger, you know, and shock that this shit happened at 8.30 in the morning at Walmart Supercenter. Um, to me, I was trying to put my phone out because I was like, this person's going to get away. And nobody was around. Like, it's 8.30 in the morning. So Walmart is kind of vacant. 
at 8 30 in the morning unless it's like the first third or the 15th but it wasn't the first third or the 15th so it was kind of it was kind of empty at 8 30 in the morning and also like it was I felt so alone in that moment because I, I mean I was it was just he and I on that on that aisle and who the fuck would believe me because who in their right mind would do that to someone do that period in public like no one will believe me if I was like a man just pulled out his pants and did this they're gonna be like what are you serious yeah you know like that's just how it is and that's how I was like nobody's around me this man is gonna get away (sighs) he cannot fucking get away so I was like well let's take a picture of him and it's so easy to take a picture my phone was in my hand because like I said I'm listening to like homecoming Beyonce, you know, and I'm looking at my grocery list and stuff, but like it had closed and I just could not get it open. And all I had to do to get it open was like just press on the camera and swipe up, but like I couldn't even focus. And I was like, well, let me get a video. But then I was like, so what? I'm gonna get a video of a man walking away from me? Like that won't do anything. And like I needed something to be done. Like this shit is not fucking fair for you to do that to me and then your ass get away with it. Like it's not fair. So I finally got myself composed enough to call 911. And I'm on the phone with them. And as the phone is ringing, I'm still like, this motherfucker's going to get away. Because now he's walking off from me. And so I can kind of laugh about this a little bit. Y'all know that scene on uh, White Chicks when the two girls realize that... um, Sean and Marlon have uh, been impersonating them. And she's like, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter. You know, when she's like waving the pencil and paper in the air. Like, that's that's kind of how I see myself. It's, it's a little funny now. But that's kind of how I was walking behind this man. And I'm telling you, I lit Walmart up. So as I'm calling, because once again, I'm looking around. I see no one around me. I see no Walmart attendants. I don't see anybody. So it was almost like it was just he and I alone in this big ass store you know, when this shit went down and I just start yelling from the top of my lungs, like yelling like it was a fire, like what, however you would imagine yourself yelling, like it's a fire, get the fuck out. That's how I was. And I just started yelling security. I mean, my voice got so high, so high pitched. I was so loud. And I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not bragging about like, girl, let me tell you how it went off. No, This isn't what this is. I'm just letting you know how I felt in that moment and how I needed somebody to take notice of what had happened. So I'm yelling, security, security, like to the top of my lung, top top of my head. I never heard my voice be so high pitched before. It wasn't cracking or nothing. And I proceeded to yell security and I proceeded to yell this man and point at this man. I proceeded to yell what he had done. I'm all through Walmart. And like, praise God that he took the long way because he really could have just made a left off that aisle and walked the long aisle straight out the door. But this motherfucker was trying to get away from me, speed walking trying to get away from me and he's walking and shaking his head like I don't know who she is oh she lying like that's what he's doing like his he just waving his hands like don't pay her no mind not shaking his head and everything in his hands like she lying because I'm walking behind him with my buggy security this man has his dick out 
This man's dick is out. He is jacking off to me. This man is masturbating. He has his dick out, jacking off to me. Security. Like, that's how it was repeated over and over and over. It was like a fire alarm over and over and over. And I was going to make it my mission to have everybody in that store hear me. And no doubt, I, I really, truly believe everybody heard me because, like I said, he could have just walked the long aisle out out the door but what he did was try to get away from me so he's cutting through the boy section he cutting through the little girl section he cutting through the jewelry section he cutting through the middle of the cashier section he going over there by customer service and out the door and i'm right i'm a couple of steps behind him and um i'm still yelling and pointing i'm making it known this motherfucker in the blue shirt with the orange undershirt and the pajama pants with the braids this motherfucker right here has his dick out in Walmart. He is jacking off to me. Security. I finally realized that 911 is on the phone. And they're like, ma'am, I can help you. And I'm like, oh, this I'm in Walmart on Louisville Avenue. And this man just pulled his dick out and he's jacking off to me. He had his dick out jacking off to me. It's just me and him on the aisle. I turn around and his dick is out. He's jacking off. You know, like, I'm just going off on the phone. And, like, later on, I was telling the Walmart attendants and the police, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't normally talk like this. I just, I don't have a nice way of saying that he was, that he, I, I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of the word penis. I couldn't even think of masturbating. I couldn't think of exposed. I just knew this man dick was out. And he was jacking off. And I don't like that fucking shit. Like, that's how it was. And, I just, and then after, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know how to talk. I'm so sorry. I just don't have a pretty way of saying that. But I was, you know, but they were just like, it's good. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just really sorry. No. But his dick is out. You know, like, that was me. That was the conversation. But anyway, this woman walks up to me. She works for Walmart. Um, she, she, like, she wasn't dressed like a regular store attendant like she had, she had on regular clothes but they were nice like some nice jeans some nice like heeled boots a nice blouse some earrings you know but she had a walkie-talkie type deal so she had to be like some form of upper management or security or something like that so she kind of runs up to me and she was like who is so she apparently heard me um as we were walking to the front but like she walks up to me and she's like who is he what is and she was like I got the police on the phone and I and real quick, he had his dick out. He was jacking off, all that real quick. And so she actually runs behind him. I'm still speed walking. And I'm just like, I do not want this man out of my sight. Like, I'm going to follow him as much as I can. But also, I did not want to put myself in danger. Um, I didn't realize that's what I was thinking. But I was like, I can't leave. The other thing is like, because I'm like, what if I get out there and I just, I don't know. But at the time, I realized I didn't want to put myself in danger. Um... But I follow him out the store. And let me tell you how focused I was. Because I was like, this motherfucker is about to get away. And the police are not going to be able to find him. And Larry, my husband, had bought me a brand new coach bag. And I had my buggy with all my stuff in it. I left my buggy. And I left my brand new coach bag that I just got like a week before. Brand new coach bag in the buggy. And I'm running out the door behind this man and I'm trying to follow him because they're like well, where is he going now I'm like well he's he's crossing the parking lot I'm over here by the pharmacist side and he's crossing the parking lot towards the food side of Walmart um now he's he's walking in the ditch 
He, I mean, walking in the grass by Whataburger. He's headed towards Louisville. Like, I'm trying to keep some form of an eye on him because, like, this motherfucker cannot get away with this shit. It's not right. It's not fair. No, he is not going to get away with this shit. So they're like, you know, just stay there, wait for us to get there. And shouts out to the um, Walmart people. Like, they really took care of me. They comforted me. One of the cashier girls, she grabbed my buggy in my purse and she pushed it because I left it in the middle, in the middle of the floor at Walmart. Like anybody could have taken it, you know. Um, I mean, I didn't have no money. That, well, I had my grocery money and I usually spend like about $200 on groceries, but they could have stole everything. But like one of the cashier girls, she was like, I got your purse, ma'am. I put it over there by customer service because I think she had people at her register. But anyway, so shout out to them taking care of my stuff for me. And the Walmart people, they were really nice and stuff. And um, But anyway, the police came, and it took them a little while to get there because they ended up finding him. Now, the woman I said that ran up to me that was dressed really nicely that works for Walmart, she apparently followed him throughout the parking lot. Um, but when she came back, she was like, he, he whipped his dick out in the parking lot <laughs> to, like, a man. So, you know, she was like, he, he did it again out there. But he kept right on walking. But anyway... Um, police got there. I'm talking to them and the, um, the police officer was saying that what took him so long was that they ended up catching the guy on the street. They, they saw him as they were coming up to Walmart. They pulled over and they got him. He didn't have any ID on him or anything like that, but they got him and they arrested him. And that was like my main thing. I was just, I just wanted that man to be arrested. I wanted, I wanted him to be stopped. And uh, so after they said he was arrested, like, I was cool. Not, I mean, I still needed to calm down, and I still needed to go, go grocery shopping because, like I said, I was over there getting Father's Day cards and sniffing and smelling stuff and touching stuff that I'm not going to buy, and then I was going to go grocery shopping. So I hadn't even done my grocery shopping, and I had to get groceries. I didn't have to run in there and get bread. I had to get, like, legit groceries. But anyway, I, um, they got him. He's arrested. I gave him my story, my information, all that stuff. And then I had to go grocery shopping. So yeah, that was that was the incident. And I, I, I go back and forth on on sharing that, not necessarily sh well sharing it, and also calling it sexual assault because one, like I was talking to one of my best friends yesterday, my friend Monique, and uh, we were catching up. She just had a baby, so. I was catching up with her, just talking to her about some stuff. And I was talking about my upcoming episode, this one. And I was like, oh, girl, yeah, I didn't tell you I was sexually assaulted. And she's all, what? Like, all in the phone, we're on FaceTime. So she's like, what? What do you mean? I was like, well, well calm down. I wasn't raped. Wasn't raped. She's like, well, what? I said, well, he didn't touch me. And then I told her the story. And she's like, okay, well, when you said sexually assaulted, I just went to, you know, to level 10. I said, well, that's kind of the thing that I want to to share but I'm hesitant to share because I mean because I wasn't physically harmed and there are people that are physically harmed when they are sexually assaulted and I wasn't you know so I'm like uh, maybe I should call say I was sexually violated you know but anyway um, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, but yeah, I'm just, oh, hesitant to share. She was like, well, now you should still go ahead and share. 
you know, what happened with you and things like that, then people will want to hear that. Or, you know, people may want to share themselves or want, or it may open up dialogue and things like that. But, um, but anyway, um, but yeah, I was like, I didn't get touched. So why should I say, or why should I even talk about it? Or why should I even bring it up? Also, like, it's just not really a story you want to share. Like, I want to tell somebody to, but not to be like, girl, like bragging about it or seeking attention. Like, I don't want that type of, I don't want to, oh, I feel so bad for Aaron. That happened to you. Like, you know, like I, I want people to be considerate and sensitive, you know, that type of thing. But I'm not looking for, I don't know, a handout. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for that type of attention. And if I tell somebody, it's just like, you know, let me tell you what happened. Just, I don't know, be careful out there you know, don't let your guard down, I guess. Like, I still haven't identified why I want to tell somebody. And then I also, I still don't want to tell people, tell people because it's like nothing really happened. Something did happen, but nothing really happened. Anyway, I'll go back and forth on it. I'll go back and forth. But, um, but while I was waiting for the police to show up, I told um, two people and one group of people. I had a family group chat. I texted my family. And was like, so y'all, let me tell you what just happened. And of course, everybody is just outraged. They're upset, you know, pissed. Auntie's going off. Auntie's praying. Cousins all about that life. Trying to ride out here. It's like you live in Georgia. Sit down. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Um, but my auntie, my aunt China, was like, well, where's Larry? That was like the main question. Where's Larry at? And I'm like, well, Larry's at work. Like he's. He's working. He's out of town. He can't even, you know, can't do anything. Um, and then my aunt China was also like, well, where your little friend at? Where your piece at? And I'm like, well, I didn't bring my piece with me. She's talking about my gun. I was like, well, I didn't bring it with me. I didn't think I would need to carry my my gun to Walmart. And then honestly, I was so, I couldn't even keep myself together to, to take a picture or a video of this man. Like I had to really concentrate to unlock my phone, put it up to my face, you know, Unlock my phone, dial 911. I had to like reach in, find so much energy and concentration and focus to even do that, to put the phone to my face and dial 911. What would I I have done with a gun? I know how to shoot a gun. My husband takes me to the range all the time. He makes sure, he made sure I knew how to use it. You know, I probably need a refresher course, but I mean, like I know how to use it. I know how to hold it, you know, but like, it's just like when you're in that moment, you kind of, it's like a deer in headlights. You kind of freeze and it just, I don't know. You just kind of out your body, I guess. I don't know. But like, what would I have done with a gun? I just, it just took so much for me to even call the police. But anyway, so my, my family's just outraged. I call my girlfriend, Sharice, wake her up. You know, she's still in the bed. She got her bonnet on and her glasses. I'm surprised she even answered the phone, you know. But I call her. She just not really waking up and stuff. And girl, let me just tell you, like, oh, my God, this just happened. So she all in the bed like, what? You know, so we, we're we talking. And I'm getting calm. And she's like, where's Larry? And I'm like, well, girl, you know, Larry had to work this weekend. Like, he had to go out of town So to work. So, you know, I'm just out here. And then uh, I call Larry. And uh, Larry's 
pissed off, okay? Like, of course, my husband is pissed off. He's ready to go fight somebody. He's ready to go shoot somebody, all that stuff. And like I said, he's at work, so he can't do anything, you know, but just sit there and listen to me and just be pissed off and, you know, wish he could have been there. Um, so we're, we're talking, telling him what's happening and everything. He's checking. He's trying to see how I'm doing, if I'm okay. Um, but one of the things he said to me, now y'all just, just, just hold off. Okay. Just hold up. Just let me get through this before y'all start making judgments and start being like, what the fuck? One of the things he said to me was, now I told you people be looking at you. Now, when he said that to me, I think Larry might've been the first person I called, honestly. So when he said that to me, I was like, what? I was like, what? And he's like, I told you, he said, he said, and you say people don't be looking at you. I told you people be looking at you. Now, let me go ahead and say this. My husband shows comfort in different ways. Okay. He's not that type of, he doesn't. I have to tell him sometimes, like, baby, I, I need a different type of comfort from you. Like, or you're not comforting in the way I need you to be right now. So I'm going to go over here, not another man, but I'm going to go over here, give, this type of com- give the type of comforting I need. Because sometimes when, when things happen or, you know, he'll be like, well, how come you didn't talk to me about this? I'm like, well, because you, you wouldn't say the things I needed to hear at that time. Like, he's a tough love type of person. And I have to be like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your teammate. You know, I'm not your football teammate, your track teammate, your basketball teammate. I'm not one of the kids you coach. So it's like, I don't need a coach. Coach is comforting, which is like tough, you know, tough love or tough enough or just, you know, like in some situations, yeah, that's fine. But like sometimes when like I'm really vulnerable or stuff like that, it's like, babe, I just, I just need something different. Like I need a different type of loving right now. And at that particular moment when I'm telling you that, you know, I, I got assaulted and, and well, that's what it was. It was sexual assault. Um, that I got assaulted. I don't need anger. I mean, like, yeah, you're angry that this happened to me, that this happened to your wife and you couldn't be there to stop it or protect me. But I also don't need the, I told you people look at you. So I hung up in his face because <laughs> I was like, I don't need that right now. That ain't what I need right now. And I mean, and I'm gonna tell y'all what I had on. It, it doesn't matter, but this is what I had on. I had on some workout tights from Fabletics. They're really comfortable. Um, and I had on a tank top. Um, and I do have my tank top tied up. You can't see my. I don't have my stomach exposed, but it is in my. It is at the top of my workout tights, and I have on high waisted workout tights. So, in a sense, my body is exposed, even though, and I have on like long socks. Even though, or do I, it don't matter. Um, But even though I'm fully clothed, my body is still exposed. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I had on. But I'm just letting y'all know. I'm just setting the scene for y'all. But I was just like, he called me back after I hung up in his face. Because I was like, I don't need that shit from you, click. And um, he calls me back and he was like, I'm just saying. I was like, look, Larry. I was like, are you saying this is my fault? This is my fault. He's like, no, I'm not saying this is your fault. I'm saying that people look at you and you always say people don't look at you. And I was like, look, bro, it don't fucking matter. That don't give you the right to pull your dick out and start jacking off to me. 
ain't after that shit. I didn't consent to none of that stuff. I didn't want his advances, his sexual advances. I didn't need to know what he was thinking or what he wanted to do to me. You know, I don't like, I didn't say all that, but I'm just like, it don't matter. What I did say to him was like, it don't fucking matter if you're looking at me or not. Plenty of people look at me and don't none of them pull their dick out and start fucking jacking off to me with me right there since looking me dead in my face. Nobody has ever done that. You know what I'm saying? That was that. But, but even still, like, it don't fucking matter. And like, my husband and I have this conversation, discussion, often, often, because he'll be like, you need to put something around your waist. Folks will be looking at my ass. I got on tights. Now... There are days I will honor my husband. Well, let me put something around my waist because I just, you know, I mean, motherfuckers going to look. They are, but like, you know, I only put something around my waist. He want me to wear something around my waist. Fine, I'll put it on. No biggie. And then there are times I'll be like, let me tie something around my waist because I don't feel like getting that type of attention. Like, if I'm going to Brookshire's and I got on workout tights or something or some shorts or something like that, I'll be like, you know what? I ain't tripping off these I don't trip it off of that. You know, if I put some on, it's just because of him. But if I don't, it's like, I just don't feel like it. And normally when I go to Brookshire's, I don't get I fucked. I don't get nobody hollering at me in the parking lot at Brookshire's. And when I'm home in Shreveport at Kroger's, you know, like places like that, that shit don't happen. Now, we go in Walmart, it'd be all type of motherfuckers in there. And it's like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this shit. Um... Let me just get my headphones to block these motherfuckers out. And let me go ahead and put something around my waist, especially if I come back from working out or whatever. I, I don't want to deal with it. I don't need that type of attention. You're going to look at me anyway because you can't. You just can't look over these thighs, hips, and butt. You know it's there. But let me just put a little something right there because I just don't need all of that. Okay? And then, like, also, like, if I'm going into dominant male places, like the barber shop. I will go ahead and like put a sweater on, put a long jacket on or something, or like I will try to put around my waist, especially if I have on, like if I have on jeans, I'm not doing that shit. But if I have on workout tights, I'm gonna do that because I mean like I'm walking into like a male dominated space and the barbershop I go to is straight up male dominated. So in cases like that, I'm gonna put it on one. Because I know deep down somewhere, even though my husband's nowhere around, he just, you know, will ride at me and put something around my waist, you know. But then the other thing is, like, I just don't need that type of attention when I walk up in this barbershop. I don't need it. Most of the men, and in most cases, um, I've never been disrespected in the barbershop. But, like, I just don't want it. Like, I'm already cute, you know, so you're going to look at me look at me anyway. But it's like, I just don't need this type of attention. So let me just go up in here, sit down, and get this fire-ass cut, and be about but even still, like, what I wear does not dictate your fucking actions. It don't matter. I can be butt-ass naked. You don't come at me with some sexual advances that I ain't asked for. Did not want, you know? Um, <clears throat> another response that I got was, um, was, um, I got this from two people that are very insignificant to my life in this story. It's just two people that I came across and I told them what happened. One was um, a girl who actually checked me out when I got done with my grocery shopping. She, uh, 
through conversation, I let her know that I was the one that had been involved in the incident earlier that morning. And so she was like, oh, you know, talk to me about it and stuff like that. And I told her what happened and stuff because she heard me. She knew there was a commotion, but I don't know if she knew what happened. Her and this other guy, this girl was young. She was younger than me. Um, I wouldn't say a teenager, but she was definitely like 20s. Um, this other man said it to me, too, that came across, and I ended up sharing it, the story with him. Um, but they both were like, oh, he must have seen something he liked. Now, when the girl said it to me, I was like, okay. I, all right, um, and kept right on going. When the man said it to me, the man said it to me, it was, it was some weeks later, so, but I don't know if the, if the time difference matters, but it was some weeks later, and I was like, so? That doesn't fucking matter if he saw something he liked. I have been getting looked at, checked out, since I was like in middle school, by boys, older boys, young men, Grown man from middle school up until now, I haven't been getting looked at, and nobody has pulled their dick out in response to in, in a response to what they saw. Nobody's pulled their dick out. I don't give a fuck if he like if he liked what he saw. This shit is not a fucking compliment. It's not a compliment. And it didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me feel sexy. It didn't make me feel confident. It made me feel bad. It made me feel weak. It made me feel powerless. I didn't cuss that man out. But I was still on some end. I don't care. It don't matter. You don't do that shit. He was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm right. But that's just how I'm feeling. It, it don't fucking matter. I've been getting checked out for years since, since I was a kid. And that don't mean you get to disrespect me like that. As I was kind of waiting for the police to come, I was I was standing there just thinking about everything, just processing the whole thing. And I was like, I was kind of happy it happened to me. I was just sitting here like, what if I had been in here with my nieces? You know, I started praising God for the stuff that didn't happen, basically. Like, thank God I wasn't here with no kids with my nieces. Or thank God it wasn't a little girl or a boy, it doesn't matter the sex. But thank God it wasn't, a, a, a kid there that he that he exposed himself to because if it was a child would they be able to communicate ask for help yell for help call for the police who would believe them people have people don't believe grown women grown men when they say they've been sexually assaulted harassed who who was who's gonna believe a child some people do but at the same time it's like what how would a child be able to communicate what they saw? If they even know, has a child seen a dick before, a grown man's dick before? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would, you know, like, how would they be able to communicate what happened to them and what they're going through? And how would that traumatize a child? So I'm, I'm sitting here doing all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of happy it happened to me. And I was like, girl, why are you happy this shit happened to you? But like I said, I was determined for this man to not get caught. I mean, to, to get caught. Um... And he did, he he became, he got arrested and I was happy about that. Um, like, if it happened to somebody else, would he have ever been arrested? Has he done this before? Well, he did it to me on that particular day and his ass got arrested. So I was like, thank God it was me. 
Yeah, thank God it was me. Um, I talked to my sister and one of my girlfriends. My sister and uh, my girlfriend, Danielle, around the time this happened. And um, my younger sister and my girlfriend were both like, did you press charges? And with my sister, I was like, no, I ain't press charges. I wasn't really thinking about pressing charges. Like, my thing was just getting him arrested. And that's all I thought about. Like, he's arrested and that's that. Now, when I was talking to my girlfriend a couple days or a week or so later, she's like, well, did you press charges? And I was like, well, no. I said, I wasn't thinking about pressing charges. Like, I just, I didn't see why. I'm not even familiar with the whole criminal system. Like, I never got in trouble with the law. My mom's never been in trouble with the law. If I know people that's been in trouble with the law, I don't know the full extent, you know, or if they did, it might have been like for tickets and they just go pay it. You know, so I don't know anything about pressing charges and stuff. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I've never had to call the police before. This is my first time calling the police. I'm happy to say that was my first time. It means I lived a pretty peaceful life, I guess. Um, but anyway, um, my girlfriend was like, did you press charges? And I was like, no, I just have, I told her that I just had faith that the situation would correct itself. Um, without anything else from me. And she was like, you don't think E, because, you know, because this, this, and that. And I was like, well, for a person to whip out their dick at 8.30 in the morning in public, he motherfucker thought he was going to get away with it because it was just he and I on that aisle. You know, but for somebody to do that, you don't just all of a sudden wake up one day and just be like, bam, there it is. I feel like there is a buildup to that. You know, you've done it before. And that's what I told her. I was like, man, this man didn't just start doing this shit. He didn't just start doing dumb shit. He didn't been in trouble before. He didn't get caught doing something before. I just feel deep down in my gut that he has been arrested before. So I'm not worried. I just, he got arrested. Some Somebody who does stuff like that has been in trouble before. It's going to take care of itself. And I let it go. Like, my mission was just to make sure he did not get away. A couple weeks later, was it in July? This happened June 20th. Might have been in July. The marshals or sheriff, sheriff came to my house and they basically said they need me in court. So they had called me to court. We were going to trial. Let me tell you. I almost, I almost felt sorry for this guy because like one side of me is like, this man is mentally ill. For you to pull your dick out in public, jack off in public, let the person see you with your dick out jacking off to them, staring them in their eyes, something wrong with you, you know, like something is wrong with you. So I was like, he's on drugs or he's mentally unstable. So that that part, like <laughs> me having me saying that, I kind of felt sorry for him. It doesn't excuse your behavior, but if you're mentally ill, like that's real fucked up, you know. But anyway, so we get in court. Long story short, well, I mean it's already a long story, but the court part, we get in court. Um, we have to do everything through Zoom. Um, so the judge is in his office on a Zoom, the jail is on Zoom, and then uh, somebody in the court is on Zoom too, and I, Zoom as well, and um, I'm sitting in there, so I can hear what everybody's saying, I just can't see anybody but the person that's in court. 
Um, and so he's all on there, like confused. He kept saying he was confused. He kept saying he can't talk to his mom. I guess to help him explain, like, I guess to help explain to him what was going on or to get help. He kept saying that he he don't really know what happened. Like, he was in his pajama clothes. Like, he really looked like he just rolled out the bed. It was 8.30 in the morning. But, like, he got up, like, he had on pajama pants and, like, a long sleeve t-shirt, thermal type shirt. So, it looked like he had just rolled out the bed. I don't even know if he had on, like, real shoes or house shoes. But he kept saying, like, all he knew was that he he got up and he said they, he, that, that they told him he was in Walmart and he got arrested, you know, like it was kind of like that, like he didn't really know where he was. And he did say he has been off his medicine for a while and he needed to get back on it, been trying to get back on his medicine. And he had got a hold of some bad stuff. He kept repeating it over and over. And him and the judge kept going back and forth because the judge was like, the guy kept saying that he was, he wanted to plead not guilty. And the judge was like, the judge was saying, you already pled non guilty, not guilty. This is your trial. We're, we're at a point where we're either going to go to trial or you're going to go ahead and say, I'm guilty. That's where we're at. And so they kept going back and forth. That same narrative, the judge kept saying, you already pled not guilty. We're going to go to trial or we're not going to go to trial. That's what we're doing. Um, and then finally, he kept doing it. Well, I'm confused. I got a hold of some bad stuff. I have been on my medicine. And the judge was like, well, we have a witness in the courtroom who is ready to and willing to place you there. They were there when it happened. We have a witness here. And after like two, three times of the judge saying that, this man went from, I'm, I'm just confused. I don't know. I got hold of some bad. Can y'all, can I talk to my mom, please? I don't, y'all keep saying I did this, but I just don't remember. He went from that to, well, fine then. I did it. I did it. Fine. Y'all want to say I did it? Then I did it then. I did it. Fine. Fine. I I, I, I did it. And I was saying like, bitch, I don't fucking believe this. I almost felt sorry for your ass. Because when he said he got a hold of some bad stuff, I was like, oh, that's it. You're still going to get prosecuted, sir. You still are. But oh, that's what it is. Oh, he was on drugs. Oh, crap. He's been off his med. Bless his heart, Jesus. Bless him with some medicine and let him stay on track. You're still going to go to jail. Please let him go to jail, Jesus, because it's no excuse. But bless him with some meds. Well, that motherfucker was like, fine. I did it. I'm guilty. I did it. Y'all keep saying I did it. I did it. Fine. I'm guilty. I was like, Jesus, take his ass straight to hell, Jesus. Take his ass straight to jail. Because this motherfucker tried to play like he didn't know what was going on. This nigga knew. Oops, ooh, Lord have mercy. Excuse me, y'all. This man knew what he was doing and tried to get away with it. I told my mom about that. I said, girl, you can't believe, can you believe what this man sat in court and did all this? And she was like, what happened was he's picked up buzzwords, things that he could say to probably get like, his charge reduced or this, this, and that. She said, that's what it was. And wasn't nobody letting up. And when the judge said there was a witness in the room, he knew he couldn't get out of it. So, boom, there it is. So, like I said, I had faith that things would work out the way they needed to work out. I just wanted him to be arrested. And that's what it was. I just, I guess I just let it go. I don't know if I, I don't remember actively putting this in the Lord's hands, but I was just like, I did all I could do. I'm not going to worry. I got faith that I just already had faith, I guess, that this man's going to get, you know, he's going to get what he deserves, you know? 
So like I was saying earlier, I was hesitant. I am, was, am, and well, was hesitant to share. I'm sharing it, but I'm still like, I don't really know. I'm still like that. Um, because I just, especially the people that aren't my friends, because like I said, I was sexually assaulted. And, but, I, but at the same time, I was not physically harmed. I wasn't raped. I wasn't molested. I wasn't groped. I wasn't touched, but I was assaulted. So I looked up the definition because I had to make sure I knew what I was talking about, okay? So I looked up the definition of sexual assault. This is based on Webster Dictionary, and it's illegal sexual contact that usually involves force upon a person without consent or is inflicted upon a person who is incapable of giving consent um, or who places the assailant in a position of trust or authority. So I was like, well, yeah, that happened. Even though I'm still kind of like, maybe I should say sexually violated. Um, but yeah, that is what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, I was trying to, it just, I just still suffer with, and then I, I also suffer with guilt because once again, I was not raped. But there are people that are raped out there. And this is this is what happened to me. So, girl, why are you tripping? There are people that have been molested their entire life. Y'all saw the movie Antoine Fisher? Y'all probably know some real Antoine Fishers in life. You know? I don't. To my knowledge, I'll take that back. To my knowledge. But, but yeah, I, I, I feel guilty for... Getting off so easy. I say that in quotations, bunny ears. Getting off so easy. I feel so guilty because it's like, girl, why are you tripping? Why are you so upset? Like, he didn't even touch you. It's probably a chick right now or a boy right now getting gang raped. But knock on wood, please, Jesus, don't let nobody, that be happening to nobody. But, you know, and this is what happened to you. So quit tripping. No, you know, I just feel guilty. And it's like, where's all this guilt coming from? Why am I feeling this? Why am I doing this to myself? This motherfucker did something to me. Aaron, why are you feeling like this? So I still have to deal with that. So I, I, I get hesitant about sharing that experience, you know. <clears throat> and, you know, like, I think. I think I was standing there waiting on the waiting on the police. All this stuff is happening within like I don't know, it probably was like an hour at this point. But like th during this time period, so many things were running through my mind. And one of the things was like, damn, this shit ain't never happened to me before. But I had to take that back. It has happened to me before. Somebody showed me their penis. The first time happened in like maybe the sixth grade. Yeah, the sixth grade. I was walking home um, with this guy. I knew this guy from daycare. And we went to school together. We stayed in the same neighborhood. You know, like we had, we stayed by each other. So we walked together and like, I, we had got to my house and he kept walking. Um, but he was like, Hey Aaron, and I looked up and he kind of like, he pulled his pants down. So I saw his bush and like half of his penis, which is kind of like reminiscent of like what happened with this man. Like I saw that man's bush. I didn't see the tip of this man's dick, but I saw his dick and I saw his hand stroking it. Um, but anyway, it was this kid did it. It was a little white boy, if y'all want to know. The man that assaulted me at Walmart was black, if y'all just want to know. 
But I was like, ugh. When I realized what it was, I was like, ugh, vomit? <laughs> so disgusting. And everybody came in the house and I called my girlfriend. I'm like, oh my God, let me tell you what so-and-so just did. Oh my God. And I was like, it was so hairy. Like sixth grade Aaron. Oh my God, it was so hairy. Like, ugh, gross. He just did that shit. Like, ugh. And that was that. I don't believe I was traumatized for it, but I definitely forgot about it. And I remembered it, I don't know, 20-something years later. How old are you in the sixth grade? 12? 11? Anyway, remembered it so many years later. And uh, I was like, huh, I have somebody has exposed himself to me before when I didn't want to see it. And it was that dude in the sixth grade when we were walking home. Ugh, vomit. And just kept right on moving. Another time I was sexually assaulted, I guess. Still not raped or anything. But it was in the sixth grade again. And I was at the water fountain. It was right after lunch. The bell had rang. We're going to class. I was at the water fountain and I'm bending over drinking water. And this boy comes up behind me, sticks his pelvis dick on me and kind of like shakes it like, eh. And runs off laughing. And I was so mad. I was so mad. And I just felt so violated. I remember telling my coworkers this. This was probably like, I was probably like 23, 24, whatever. 25-ish. I don't know. But I'm telling my coworkers this. And I work with nothing but guys. And I tell them that story. And like one of my coworkers, Chris, he just bust out laughing. And I was like, that shit is not funny. Like I'm over here defenseless. Okay, I'm over here getting some water. It's hot. I'm coming back from lunch. You know, I'm just trying to get some water, get to class and, and get, to, you know, get to English class and do my work. And this motherfucker rolls up behind me, just Aaron, and runs off, just sticks his little dick on me. I don't even, I don't believe I felt it. I don't think it was hard, but he was just being like a gross little boy. Stuck it on me and was just like on my butt and was like, eh. Ran off laughing. That shit is not funny. I felt violated. Sixth grade Aaron was violated and was upset and did not appreciate that. So <clears throat> I tell I get up enough courage to tell my English teacher. And I was going back and forth like, should I tell? Should I not tell? But I was like, yes, I'm going to tell because like, I don't like it. I didn't like it and I just, I felt violated. I'm just trying to get some water and he comes up here and just, eh, with his little dick on my butt and runs off laughing like that shit is funny. It's not funny. Milton, that was his name. I tell her and I remember walking up to her and I was just like, what was her name? Miss Benjamin? Anyway, I walk up to her and I was like, miss, whatever. And she was like, yes. And I was like, um, and I could just see her looking at me. She probably was like, Erin, if you don't spit it out, I probably got on her nerves. I don't know. But she was just like waiting for me to finish. She was like, come on, Erin. I guess she was looking at me like, come on. All right, Erin, come on. Spit it out. And I was like, well, when I was at the water fountain getting some water and Milton came up to me and he like, he, and I think I did the gesture. He's like stuck his, you know, on me like, did this, willed it, and he ran off. And she goes, Ugh. Ugh. rolls her eyes. She's like, okay, go have a seat. I go sit down, and y'all, I felt so much better. I was like, yes, Erin, yes. Sixth grade Erin was proud of herself, y'all. Sixth grade Erin was like, fucking right.
stick his dick on me. I was able to go sit down, get back cheery, smiling, laughing, doing my English work. I felt good. And if I had not said anything, I probably would have spent all day just like real, like bummy and just, ugh. And I probably would have hated that guy for the rest of my life. And you know what's funny? When we got older, like we went to different high schools and stuff. So it might've been like college-like age or like after college. You know, like I bumped into him and he was like grinning, smiling on my face. And I was like, oh, he don't remember sixth grade when I told on him for sticking his little dick on me at the water fountain and running off. Like he don't remember because he was show grinning in my face. But anyway, um, I told my girlfriend a couple years ago, I told her that story and I was like, I always thought that my English teacher like was mad or annoyed with me, but I didn't care because I felt good that I found that I told that I had been violated at the water fountain. You know, I felt good about that. So I was like, whatever. She can have an attitude with me and I can get on her nerves, but I am proud of myself. So I was telling that to my girlfriend and she was like, Aaron, she wasn't annoyed with you. She didn't heard this boy's name before. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, that's what that sign I wrote was. She was like, uh, this, this boy again, I'm sick of him. And like, you know what? He wasn't at school for a couple of days after that. So I feel like he got suspended for a little while. And she was like, Aaron, my girlfriend was like, Aaron, that's what it was. Like, she was tired of him. She wasn't tired of you. And I was like, oh, all these years, I thought, I thought my teacher was just like annoyed with me. But okay, I'm glad that didn't stop me. But anyway, that was that. Sixth grade Aaron. Very wow. proud of sixth grade Aaron. Wow. I ran across an article um, about, oh, that's Ragnar. Ragnar, there's nobody outside, puppy. Ain't nobody outside, Ragnar. <clears throat> so I ran across this article, um, Journey Smollett did, um, on sexual harassment. And um, I'm going to post it on my Twitter, all the socials, personal and podcast. I'm going to retweet the article so y'all can check it out too. Um, but yeah, she talks about being sexually harassed numerous times on various sets throughout her career since she was 12. 12 years old, that's what, middle school age? Sixth, seventh grade, like me. Um, and I believe she started her acting career when she was like, what, an infant? Grown woman now. So, um, and I totally believe her. Because people just don't give a fuck about you. They think that shit is funny or they just don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> and like, I remember my mom and I having conversations as a young girl, as a young woman, even now, you know, my mom and I have and I having conversations, but she told me like some women take those gestures, those those whatever you're saying as a compliment as flirting. As flirting. And um some men think they are whatever crude statement they are saying to you, whatever offensive statement they're saying to you or however they're looking at you is flirting or a compliment. They're doing a good thing to you. So be appreciative, right? And my mom would be like, that's that's the thing. Like some people take it as a compliment and some people think they're giving you a compliment. And it's like, no, that offends me. That is offensive. That is rude. That is sexual harassment. Um... So like I said, I totally believe her. I'm gonna read, let me see. What's one of the things she said? So during an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, um, she, 
she had been sexually harassed on several various sets, not all of them, but several sets from the time she was 12 um, by anywhere between uh, assistant director, a co-star, a director, or a producer. Um, she did give detail about how a time where a co-star made a rude comment regarding her body shortly before they were set to shoot an intimate scene together. She says, like a guy saying before we're about to do this love scene, hey, your tits are going to be hanging in the wind. It's not okay. Like, that's what she's saying. She said uh, she also recalled a time where the sexual harassment she experienced was so intolerable that she was left with no choice but to ask to be released from her contract. And she said they let her out. Um, nobody should have to go through that shit, period. At work, male, female, young or old, you should have to go through that shit. Somebody actually made a comment about her titties. Like, get the fuck out of here. What do you think your balls and shit look like? What you think? I mean, anyway, I mean, seriously. Anyway, I believe her. I believe her. Nothing to do with her being a pretty girl. And I'm like, because she is pretty. But I mean, like, nothing to do with her looks and things like that. I just straight up believe her. I can believe. And then, like, you hear all these stories about these Hollywood predators. Hell, you probably know some predators in your high school. How many seniors were hit? And I'm not going to say these people were predators, but how many seniors you knew talking to freshmen? Like, why are you 17, 18 talking to this 14-year-old, 13, 14? Some, some people are seniors at 13. I mean, or freshmen at 13, you know, like how many times, even when you go on college campuses, now everybody's of legal age, but why, once again, you, you finna graduate, you five, fifth year senior, why are you talking to this freshman who just left their mama's house? You know, um, there's all these different stories that you hear and that you see. Some of that stuff is predatory behavior. My mom told me that, um, to just be wary of older men that date young women and it was and you know I, I say this about older women dating young men too but in our conversation you know I'm her daughter so that's that's how it was but she was like it's not always a good thing for an older man to be so into you because there's things in life that you have not experienced that you don't know there's things in life that he has experienced that he knows and he knows you don't know about them yet so whatever little game he running on you he can't run on a woman that's his age because she already know what's up she can look at you, you being a young woman can look at this man and be like, oh, he has all his whole life together, girl. He has, he's so mature, this and that. But tell a woman that's the same age as him, the same shit. She's going to be like, no, he ain't. Girl, this is what that means. If he doing this, that means this. If he doing that, that means that, you know, that's everything. She's like, look out for that type of stuff. That's predatory behavior. And I'm not saying that these older people are just taking advantage of, advantage of these younger folks as if like, they're turning them to sex slaves and doing sex trafficking. But even just like the mental play with you. Think about it. Think about it. Y'all, I know what I'm talking about. Um, so like the diff, like I was saying before about compliments and harassment, that's, that's the thing. Like some people think what they're doing is giving you a compliment and it's like, no. And it's probably because other women have um received whatever a man was saying whatever crude statement or whatever as a compliment and then they get to you and now all of a sudden you're a bitch because you're like fuck you that was extremely you know offensive and disrespectful you know but um <clears throat> I had an incident at um a job in recent years where 
I didn't say I had been sexually harassed. Because I don't like even putting that term, like labeling somebody as, I don't like labeling um, someone's behavior as sexual harassment because it's such a harsh statement. It's like a permanent marker. It's not washing away. And it's like once you say that, once you put that in the atmosphere, it's stuck. And I don't want to do that. I want to be responsible when I label your ass X, Y, Z. So I, I didn't say this man was sexually harassing me, but I did tell this man's boss that I did not need his employee telling me I look nice every day. This man was a custodian at um, one of my former jobs. And I mean, he was he was older, kind of like your dad's status or grandpa status or or uncle status, depending on like how old you are. But he was an older man. He probably like my dad's age because I'm 35. But um, but he was always he always seemed like he was like flirting kind of on the low. He was an older man. He was he was a deacon in his church and stuff. Which that don't mean nothing to me, but ladies, y'all know how it can be with like with some older men. Like they be like, "Oh, hey, how you doing today?" And it's like, "Are you really flirting with me? Or are you really just trying to see how I'm doing today?" You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like how it was. But like it got to the point to where it was just like, "I don't need you telling me good morning every morning." And not because I'm I'm not a morning person, it's just because like I felt like it was something else behind it. Now he wasn't sleazy about it, but it was just something about the way he said good morning. And the way he said, you look nice today, you know, it was just something about it. I don't need you flirting with me. I don't like that shit. I don't even want to fucking be at this place. I hate this job. Okay? I don't want to fucking be here. I don't want to hear good morning from you. Not because I don't want to be here, because I feel like you're checking me out when I walk off. That's why. And I don't like that shit. And I know I had told, like, one of my co my coworkers who are also my girlfriends, about it and they were kind of like yeah like a couple times they would be like yeah I see what you mean or whatever it got to the point where like if I would see him I would go a different direction because I just did not want to hear you say good morning to me I just felt like it was something underneath that and like enough, like I think I told my boss about it and she was like oh I, I don't, I, I'm not gonna say another I'm not gonna say I talked to my boss about it I know someone told me or it could have been this woman it was another older woman and she was like, he just be grinning and smiling in my face. The man was flirting. He was always up in women's face. If you were new, he gonna be in your face. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Need to chatting you up. Man, you finna get fired. You need to be focusing on sweeping up this flow. But anyway, I went to the custodian's boss, my colleague, and I said, I, I don't want him to get in trouble. I don't want him to be, you know, fired. I, I don't want, like, can you just talk to him? Because I don't like labeling people. I don't like labeling people's behavior as sexual harassment because I don't want it. I, I still don't want like there to be this cloud over somebody and it never go away. Like that's such a harsh, it's a harsh term. It's like a permanent marker y'all. And I didn't want that for this person. Nice man just quit grinning and smiling at me, bro. Like I don't like that shit. That's what it is. It's really what it boils down to. I don't need to, I'm not one of them chicks. I don't even need a compliment every day from you. I don't need that. So, you know, but anyway, I just said, can you just let him know? I don't need to know. I look nice every day. Just a high is enough and that's that. I didn't hear nothing else about it after that. 
And I really didn't care, honestly. Um, and he probably didn't even tell me good morning after that. I don't know. I really don't care. I just didn't want him grinning and smiling at me and telling me good morning, telling me I look nice every day. I just felt like once I walked off, I never looked back. But I felt like if I would have looked back, I would have seen him checking me out. And yeah, I didn't need that. Um, so I did ask people on the social, my personal social and the podcast social to comment, drop any type of advice or, you know, or if they wanted to share their story, please submit something. Um, like I'm still kind of doing this. Nothing really happened to me, but I did experience some sort of trauma. And uh, I mean, like I didn't have sex with my husband for like a month because all I could do was like see this man's penis. I saw this man's penis every time. Every time I opened up my eyes, there was penis. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw this man look at me in my eyes, wishing he could fuck me. Because that's how he was looking at me as he was struggling his dick in Walmart. Like, So I did, I did encounter something. I did have an experience. And I was traumatized for it. And I had a little bit of P- PTSD like a couple weeks ago. Like I said, this happened in June. It's now August. Um, the end of August, towards the end of August, and maybe like a week or so ago, I was in Dollar Tree and looking around, and uh, this man came on the same aisle I was on, and he was walking, he wasn't walking fast, but he was just, he was getting to the front, so he wasn't slow walking, he just came on the aisle, and I saw him at the corner of my eye, and I looked back, and you know, and I kind of jumped a little bit. Because that's how it happened in Walmart. This man came on the aisle. Now, that man, he stopped at the end of the aisle because he was getting ready to pull the dick out. But this particular man, when I was in Dollar Tree, he was just minding his own business, just walking, trying to get to the front of the store, check out, go home, you know. Um, and I had to stop and look. And I, I stopped and I looked. And then I just stopped in my tracks. And I just, I moved out the way and let him pass me. And that's, all of that was from, what happened in Walmart? Like I said, this man did not touch me, did not rape me, but I did not have sex with my husband for a while, about a month, a month at least. And if you know me, I'm such a groupie for my husband. Like, whatever you want, like, I'm right here. I'll do it for you, baby. Like, I'm such a groupie, proud groupie, but I'm all about him. For me not to have sex with my husband, like if he would, my husband would have initiated it with me then yeah, I'm going to have sex with him. But I definitely was not initiating it. And there were times I'd be like, I really hope you don't want to have sex with me tonight. Like, I just don't. I just don't even know what would happen if he pulled his dick out. And he probably didn't initiate anything with me because of that. I never once thought to ask him, like, how he was feeling in regards to that, to what happened to me. But he didn't initiate with me. And I was thankful he did not initiate sex with me. I would have had sex with him still, but I, you know. I couldn't even think about penis. Couldn't even think about my husband's penis because all I thought about was this this man's penis. <laughs> this man stroking his penis. Um, but anyway, I did a, a all call and um, some people did. I did get some advice submissions and I did get a story submission and um, they're both going to remain anonymous and I'm going to share them with you. Um, this is, um, uh, one of the listeners shared her story where she was actually, where she was sexually assaulted. 
Um, she says, um, I'm sad and I'm angered and sad that happened to you. Sexual assault needs to be talked about more. I'm proud of you for speaking up against it. Here's my story. I was 12 years old and a virgin when I was raped. I was staying the night at my best friend at the time, best friend at the time's house, and we went to the grocery store with her mom. While her mom went in the store, Jessica and I stayed in the car. She saw some older guys hanging out in the parking lot and called them over. She then invited them to come to her house and pick us up when her parents went to sleep. I was extremely uncomfortable. One of the guys even commented on how badly I was shaking, but I didn't know I had a voice then and felt like I had to go along with her plan. That night they came to her house and picked us up. The guys were 17 and 19. They gave us beer and drove us around Farmerville, Farmerville um, for a while. We even got pulled over by the police. Jessica and the guys told the officer we were their sisters and they were taking us home. The cops let us go. To this day, I wish I had said something. Now this woman is a grown woman, okay? Who wrote this to me. Um, the guys then decided to, take, decided to take us back to one of their houses where they proceeded to rape me. I say me because Jessica was all for it. The next morning, I told my boyfriend or whatever a boyfriend is at 12 years old what happened and that I was afraid to tell my parents because I thought they sent me to a children's home. That's what happened in movies, right? No one ever believes the kid. That's what I said earlier. Like I was happy that that man pulled his dick out on me because if it was a child, would anybody believe that child? Well, thank God. Well, well, thank God for him and for my parents for not being horrible. They immediately came to came to get me and we went to the hospital for a rape kit. The whole experience of getting a rape kit done, talking to the doctors and then talking to the police was extremely traumatizing for me as a 12 year old girl. I didn't know the right words or what things or what things actually meant. I didn't know how to say I didn't want what happened to me and that I didn't know I couldn't and that I didn't know I could say no. The guys also had family connections with courts in Farmerville. They got off easy, statutory rape with six months in jail. I didn't learn that I didn't learn until much later that statutory rape just means underage sex and implies it was consensual. First of all, that's fucking bullshit. No 12 year old is agreeing to that bullshit, okay? And if they did agree to it, they were definitely misguided. Anyway, that's my input. But anyway, back to the letter. Um, my parents immediately signed me up for counseling at DART, D-A-R-T, in Ruston. And they taught me how to deal with trauma and misplaced guilt and warranted anger. Over the years, I have been in and out of counseling for depression caused by the rape. It has gotten easier to talk about and it doesn't affect me quite the same as it used to. I, sh I still struggle with trust issues and the fr and friendships slash relationships have suffered because of it, but I do not let it control me anymore. I honestly believe the only thing that saved me was being able to talk about it and continue to talk about it to this day. I just wanna say, I really appreciate you, the listener that sent this in. Um, thank you for sharing that. When I read this, <laughs> Like, I couldn't even form words. Like, what do you say to somebody when they tell you they were raped at 12? Just period. When somebody has experienced that, like, what do you say? Oh, I'm sorry? Oh my gosh, bless your heart? Like, what the fuck? There's, it's kind of like when someone dies. It's really like nothing you can say, you know? Um, I did, I did thank her for sharing that story. Um, 
And I told her, I was like, I'm happy things, and I'm using quotations, worked out. I'm happy things worked out for you. If that's even fair to say that it worked out because of, like, she was 12. This is a grown woman now. She's either late 20s. She's either, like, late 20s or she's mid-30s like me. You know, um, and she's had to go through lifelong processes of, like, friendships and relationships and depression and things like that. But I guess I say I'm happy things worked out because she had a support system. Like, bless bless her 12-year-old boyfriend's heart. And, you know, that he was, that he told her, he, you know, he got her to tell and talk to her parents. And thankfully, her parents were, like, supporting her. Because there are some parents, and y'all may know, you know, I don't know any personally, but those of y'all who are, who work in social work and things like that, know there's parents out there that don't give a shit. Or won't do nothing for their kids in situations like that. Or don't have... Some people don't know what to do. And so, but they know to go get help. Some people don't even know to go get help. You know what I'm saying? So, I say I'm happy things worked out in that way. That she's able to... She was able to get counseling. And she had a good support system and things like that. And she's still working it out and and thriving today. Um, And I, I told her, I said, you know, I've been struggling since my experience. Um, to even share because it wasn't as severe as hers. Like I said, I wasn't raped. So I was like, girl, quit going on talking about you were sexually assaulted. That's the guilt, you know, um, and the shame also. Like, why am I ashamed about what this person did to me? But that's one reason why I'm hesitant to share the story. And then also, you know, like nothing really happened, but it did happen. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I have guilt because my experience wasn't as severe as yours and it wasn't severe as the majority of sexual assault cases. And, um, and she told me, don't ever feel like because your experience wasn't the same as what someone else went through and that it wasn't just as horrible and traumatic. I struggled with guilt that it wasn't worse or violent. Isn't that crazy? I'm not saying she's crazy, but I'm just saying Still, I'm over here feeling guilty because this man pulled his dick out on me. She's over here feeling guilty because her experience, although she was raped, wasn't violent. It's like you, I'm telling her, you had nothing to be, to feel guilty about. What you went through was, was traumatic. It was a bad experience. Why are you guilty? You know, but her, she's saying, I struggle with guilt that I survived I struggle with guilt that it wasn't worse or violent. I struggle with guilt that I survived at all because so many girls and women and boys and men don't survive. That's wrong. The things we go through are are extremely personal and we are allowed to feel what we feel about it. I honestly think I honestly think that guilt we feel as women is actually just society telling us we should feel guilt because we are women. It's a lie. We shouldn't feel guilty. We should feel angry and stand up in solidarity with each other. Seriously, thank you for this. The more we know what sexual assault actually looks like versus what's portrayed on TV, the better equipped we will be to fight it. I'm stronger because of it. I am who I am today because of it. I wish it hadn't happened, but I also embraced it because I like who I am now. You fucking right, bitch. You better work. I really want to thank you, my listener, who submitted her story. Like, I really want to thank you for sharing that because it does open up discussions, you know, 
I, well, I didn't tell y'all this, but surprise, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, I was actually, I found out I was pregnant St. Patrick's Day, right when the governor shut everything down. The governor, the Lord knew I was going to go in for St. Patrick's Day, okay? Give me a drinking holiday, a drinking holiday, me and my husband out there with it. And we had already pre-gamed that Saturday. St. Patrick's Day was like on a Monday, Tuesday or something like that. We was going to go in, baby, okay? But COVID came and the governor, John Bell Edwards said, nope. No bars. So I was feeling kind of funny anyway. I've never missed my period because I've been on birth control my entire legal adult life since I was 18. So I was like, girl, you'll never miss your period. Since the governor shut down the bars, just go ahead and take a test. And it said, bitch, you finna be a mama. But anyway, um, but it opens discussions because, you know, I can talk about... Once I'm still able to process and formalize my thoughts around what happened to me, I can talk about that to like my nieces, nephews, my future child. But I can also talk about this listener's situation. She didn't know at 12 she had a voice to say anything and she didn't know how to say it. That's what I was saying. Like, I'm happy what happened to me, what it happened to me and not a child because could a child be able to say, I, I, this man did something, but I don't know what he did. I just know it wasn't right. You know, would they be able to form the words to even talk about what happened to them? But her story opens up a list of discussions. I'm probably going to go back through and read it. <laughs> Again, I've read it several times, but so much can be brought from it. So I just want to thank you again for sharing that with, with me and um, all the other daydreamers that tune in and listen. Um, I did get... A message, um, um, I got a message from someone just offering some advice. This one wants to remain anonymous as well. Um, <clears throat> as a survivor of sexual assault who is in therapy, also this is a grown woman, she's about my age, mid-30s, 30 to mid-30s. As a survivor of sexual assault who is in therapy, I say definitely seek therapy for your trauma, take your power back from your perpetrator, and never blame yourself for their actions. It is not a reflection of you, of who you are, and not the, and the experience doesn't own you. I'm going to read that again. It is not a reflection of who you are, and the experience doesn't own you. It doesn't own you, y'all. It's not a reflection of who you are and the life you live. Just remember that. I know this will help somebody. I told her, um, I said, thank you for sharing. It's really amazing advice. It's really dope advice. Thank you for that. Um, as I close out the show, I always, um, I like to highlight some things, uh, that I see like on Twitter and I retweet it. So this is just my retweet stuff. Things I thought were retweetable. I figured you all would like it too if I liked it. Um, this comes from at Real Talk Kim. Y'all know Kimberly Jones. She's a white lady, older white lady in her 40s. She's a pastor. She has really short hair. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But at Real Talk Kim, she says on August 16th, she said, if their absence bring you peace, then, then you didn't lose them. Let me say that again. If their absence brings you peace, then you didn't lose them. You didn't lose them. The Lord just took them right out your life, girl. Don't just keep on moving, girl, okay? Um, 
another one at Holly Tom Writes, H O L L Y T H O M W R I T E S. At Holly Tom Writes, on August 9th, she said, My proofreading skills improved by roughly 1000% after I clicked to send. Now, all my friends and family already know I'm gonna send them a whole statement on Instagram through text, and then I'm gonna say, You know what? Autocorrect is a bitch. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You feel me? The last one, um, I follow daily affirmations. Um, that's life underscore affirming on Twitter. Um, they say change is the first te- change is the first step towards something better. I'll read that again. Change is the first step towards something better. So these tweets, you know, I felt something when I read these tweets, whether it was a laugh, an amen, or you know what, you fucking right. I figured y'all would too. A couple church announcements. Okay, so the podcast is now on Pinterest. So find the podcast at a Daydreamers Podcast. Um, getting that Pinterest board up. It's really cool. You'll, you'll like it. If you like the show, then you'll definitely like our Pinterest board. And as usual, just follow us Follow us on all social, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now Pinterest. Stream us everywhere, okay? And on YouTube. So if you rather visuals, YouTube is your best friend, okay? And, um... Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify, all that. That's the only way they know how fabulous I am. So send us a rating, comment on Instagram and Facebook, share the podcast, okay? And uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys later.